Welcome to GovCast, connecting with federal IT's top decision makers. I'm Alexander Bolova, production lead at GovCIO Media and Research. With me today is managing editor, Ross John Fortune. Hi, Ross. Hi, Alex. You had the opportunity to chat with Will Cahoe about GSA's 10X program. How'd it go? I went great. There was a lot of interesting stuff that came out of it, a lot of things I didn't know about uh, 10X and GSA's uh, program to bring these ideas from federal employees into government uh, on a wider scale. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about GSA's 10X program. When did it start and what's its mission? It started a few presidential administrations ago. I know Will talks about that in our conversation. So it's been around, I think, since 2015. And so it's been a, been a little bit where it's essentially an idea incubator, which a lot of agencies have. I mean, as they're not the only one, but GSA has this economy of scale because it is an agency that supports all federal agencies, you know, and basic function things like office space and property management, things like that. It gives it a better ability to uh, be interoperable between agencies. So they have this program that they launched. It opens up um, submissions during different time periods. The current idea period for acceptance, uh, the, these would be for fiscal 24 funding, runs through the end of November, November 30th, the end of November 30th. And federal employees can submit an idea. They have to be concise in their idea and they have to be something that are good for people and make government work better for the citizenry. Yeah, I think Will says in the interview that it's a maximum of a thousand words or characters. Regardless, it is much shorter than your typical proposal. So is there anything else that we should know before hopping into your interview? Just that I, I was surprised at how much it operates within this administration and to a lesser extent, the previous two administrations emphasis on customer service and making digital government easier for people. I know we've talked on the show about the digital customer experience. One of the examples that Will brought up was the U.S. web design system, which essentially standardizes the way that government websites look and makes it so that you can trust a government website so you're not being scammed into giving away your social security number or whatever. That seems like a fairly minor thing or a fairly easy thing, but it's really not because of the dispersed nature of, of agencies and agency staffs. It was a really game-changing thing, and it's one of the things that came out of uh, 10X. Awesome. Well, with all of that in mind, let's take a listen to your conversation. Will Kale is the Communications and Outreach Lead for GSA's 10X program, where the agency crowdsources ideas from federal employees and funds them, thus turning the ideas into products that improve the experience the public has with the federal government. Will, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ross. It's lovely to be here. Excited to talk about 10X. Let's talk about the program. What's the history of it and what successes have you seen come out of it? Sure, that's a good place to start. Um, so I will take us back to 2015 thereabouts. And I think what was going on back then is there was 
a growing realization in the federal space that some IT projects and some IT practices um, maybe weren't delivering in the way that um, folks had hoped. And I think there were some high-profile stories in the media um, and elsewhere around um, you know, government IT projects. And so I think there was this growing realization that like government needs new ways of doing things. We've got to try something new. Um, and so over here at GSA, um, there was basically a portion of um, what we call the Federal Citizen Services Fund, which is a congressionally appropriated fund that we use here at GSA. Um, and a portion of it was basically set aside for new good for government products and services, uh, which is a great mandate and a, a cool place to land for me speaking selfishly. Um, but the question then became, okay, so what does it mean to do new things? What does it mean to try new ways of IT modernization in government? So how do we responsibly govern this fund? How do we really deliver for the taxpayers on this mission? And so we kind of looked to the private sector and we thought, okay, um, you know, let's let's look at the let's look at what um, the tech companies, the private sector are doing. Let's look at the venture field. Let's go out and learn from people um, and uh, figure out some ways of doing things, some ways of testing uh, new methods. And so, kind of ever since then, we've been continuing to ask that question of what's the private sector doing. And how um, and if we can uh, bring some of those practices inside of government, and we've basically been doing that since 2015, um, and we're still going strong. And I think we have a, a lot to show for it. Um, regarding your second question on some successes, and I, you know, was thinking about this. Like I mentioned, one of the values in 10x is to produce uh, good ideas and uncover problems in addition to sort of shipping products. So as far as success, uh, I'll actually tell you a story of one of our um, uh, cool offerings and sort of where it came from. Um, and so I'll take us again back to 2015, 2016, around that time. And this is when um, at that stage, 10x was doing in-person pitches, sort of, um, you know, you all have seen some of those TV shows with investors and entrepreneurs go up and they make their pitch. So we, we sort of modeled it off that. Um, and one day we had a civil servant, just like, you know, all the other federal employees in government with creative ideas. Uh, and she came into the room and she had a stick of papers about this thick. Uh, and in front of the evaluation panel, she taped all of these pages up on the wall and basically said, what do you notice? And what everyone noticed is that these were screenshots of a bunch of different government websites. Um, and what people noticed is that there was no real consistency, not only in branding, but also maybe in sort of quality or modernization, right? Some of these websites uh, looked very modern and uh, up to date. Some of them uh, looked maybe insecure. Some of them were in plain English. Some were in deep legalese. Um, some had um, English only and some offered some translation. And so her idea was basically like, look, what what challenges could this present to people? Um, what if you have some kind of an intellectual disability? What if you're a newcomer to the country? What if you um, aren't particularly tech savvy? Well, what you would need to do is navigate all of these different digital government properties and have this really inconsistent experience. And so the question was, are there resources? Are there tools that government can provide um, shared services technology that web managers all across the government can use to deliver really modern, excellent digital services. And what that project eventually turned into is the US web design system, uh, which you may be familiar with. This is a platform um, or a suite of tools, I should say, offered by GSA. There's all kinds of components and guidance for federal employees all across the government working in digital 
um, who can learn and use components and um, share everything that the design system has to offer. So I think that's a good example um, of a success in uncovering a problem as well as a success um, in delivering a solution. And I think, uh, you know, the design system has been around for a while, uh, but I think it's continuing to deliver success in that there's a team behind it. They have a plan for the future. It does appear that it's here to stay. It's getting a lot of traction. It was uh, mentioned in some of the recent uh, customer experience and um, uh, digital recommendations and guidance that have come out. Um, so it's it's really gotten recognized and it's it's around to stay. And that all came out of 10X and really just asking federal employees to say, what are your observations? What problems are you seeing? Um, and to elevate them and bring them to folks who can turn them into real projects and make them happen. So I think that's kind of a good story of um, the history of 10X and one of our um, more prominent projects recently. Yeah, it really was featured pretty prominently in the recent OMB memo on digital government. So that's certainly uh, something that, you know, you can really see it applied. You know, you mentioned the lessons that are learned about uncovering problems um, during this process. And I certainly see how that's an R&D type thing. Let's sort of build off that digital government uh, emphasis. How does the program sort of integrate with the federal government and to a certain extent, this administration's emphasis on things like CX and digital government. Sure. Um, so I will say that, you know, 10X has been around um, for several years and we've crossed about three different presidential administrations. Um, and we're still fighting the good fight doing, um, you know, trying to bring modern experiences to the public, right? So cross administration priorities, these are things that uh, we've been talking about kind of at the federal level for, for a long time. So, um, you know, I don't think 10X necessarily, we don't take an approach of, okay, what is the exact current administration's priorities? We instead look sort of at the through line that we've seen. And I think um, the through line for 10X is, you know, it's pretty clear, right? It's around um, how do government, uh, how does the government deliver secure, um, equitable, modern digital experiences? So we've been doing that uh, kind of the, the whole time along. Um, yeah, so there actually are a lot of sort of synergies and overlap between some of the things that we're seeing from these memos, from the guidance, um, and that 10X is doing. And um, I think one of the strengths of 10X is that, um, and this is something that I really, I, I think that civil servants really have a, a, a unique, incredible opportunity here, um, which is to sort of bring your whole selves to work, right? So we exist out in the world, we go to playgrounds with kids, we go to board meetings, we read the newspaper, we see the media. Um, so I think we have a sense of what um, kind of a pulse on what's going on in the country. What are people um, talking about? What um, sort of concerns do people have? And I'll give you a really good example. One, a, a federal employee who submitted an idea to Penix. And like I mentioned, every single project that we funded comes from an idea. Uh, and what this person said was, uh, you know, 10 years ago, there was uh, a tragedy in my family. I lost um, a loved one. And this was a very difficult time for my family. Um, I was trying to find a way to um, help an elderly parent kind of in this difficult time, looking through um, different government programs to see what might be out there. And what she noticed was like, look, this is a difficult time for my family. The last thing that we really want to be doing here um, while we're trying to grieve and move forward is deal with, um, you know, trying to navigate through different government silos. And so what if this was her idea? You know, what if government could communicate 
the types of services information and the benefits information that people are looking for in a way that aligns with their actual lived experience, right? Because people live in experiences. We don't live in, in government silos. So for example, if you do lose a loved one, if you are going through this hard time, uh, maybe the person who passed away had pension benefits. Maybe there are um, loose ends to tie up with um, social security or some kind of employment. Maybe they were a veteran and they're eligible for um, you know, veterans benefits, things like this. And this was another sort of successful 10X project um, that resulted in um, what's called the benefits locator tool. And this is in beta with USAGov, uh, which I'm sure you're familiar with. And the idea is that you can go to this platform and you can enter in information about the experience that you've had. And this tool will automatically sort the different benefits that you may be eligible for. Uh, and I bring this up because um, life experience work is actually something that we've been hearing from OMB, right? Um, what if government could take the sort of cross-agency, really end-user, customer-focused approach and say, um, you know, what if you are a newcomer to the U.S.? What if you're welcoming a child? What if you're reaching retirement age? What if you are exiting um, active duty military and returning to, um, you know, civilian life? All of these things that could trigger interactions with the government, what if we could focus there and make those specific experiences um, more equitable and, and more modern and just work better for the people. And so this isn't something that 10X chose because it aligned with, say, this specific life experience um, work at OMB, but it really aligns nicely. And I think that's something that 10X, we always try to keep in mind as we're making our investments, which is aligning not necessarily with anything specific, but with things that GSA wants to see happen, things um, that are uh, cross-agency, things that are related to capitals, things that you can really point to as high level government priorities that could really use some attention. I didn't realize that that was something that came um, from 10X or the 10X was involved yeah. with because I know uh, it's something that's sort of been a, a hobby horse of mine in my career in talking about government CX. A lot of people don't differentiate between agencies. It's just mm -hmm. quote unquote, the government. Yep. So getting into a uh, single experience is a huge uh, CX thing. And I know that's something that uh, the administration, I think, has rightfully understood. Mm -hmm. So let's let's move back to talk a little bit about a process. You, you mentioned yeah. the private model, VC, the SV model, that sort of thing. What is the process from the idea stage to the funding stage? Sure. Great question. So I'll take us back at um, you know what I'll, I'll call phase zero. This is the... Uh, problem sourcing. And this is really the first step, which is uh, part of my job is to go out into the federal agencies and say, you know, what problems are you all seeing? To really go look for the types of projects that are a great fit for 10x that could um, really deliver impact and that people are really excited to solve. So that's the first step is going out and basically just um, gathering ideas, gathering hypotheses, gathering problem statements. And then we evaluate them. We get um, a couple hundred ideas each year, only can fund 10 to 20. So we take this pool of ideas and we evaluate and we debate and we really take a long, hard look at these ideas to say, which are the few of these many that we want to invest in on behalf of the public? And I'll give a, a quick snapshot of sort of what we're asking in this evaluation process. We have four broad criteria. One we just sort of talked about, one is alignment. Um, and, uh, you know, again, the question, does this align to something that GSA wants to see happen? Does this align to something that we're hearing um, from OMB and, and other places? Um, the second criteria is clarity. And it's important to note here that all the ideas we receive are under a thousand characters. They're literally three sentences. And so in that space, 
you have to condense a big idea into something digestible. Um, because, you know, say you work at VA, say you work at the Department of Education, you're going to know acronyms and you're going to know systems and processes that I don't. So in this three sentence idea, really make it clear. What is the benefit? What's the so what? Why should we solve this problem? Why is this worth putting some um, energy, resources, and funding behind. Um, the third category is impact. Um, and again, this is just sort of um, put your yes hat on, put your dream hat on and say, if this were wildly successful, whose life could we change? Who um, could actually get something that they need in a way that they couldn't have before? Um, how many people could this possibly affect? How big of a problem is this? And really sort of ask ourselves, what is the so what here? What's the impact? And the final one is feasibility. And this is um, a newer criteria element that we have, which is to say, you know what, 10X can't do it all. Not every project is a good fit for 10X. We have limited funding and resources. We can't solve all problems and we're not gonna try to solve all the problems. So we have to ask ourselves, which are the ones that really look like a good fit for 10X? Which are the projects um, that really look like something where we can deliver value here within our process? Um, and the ones that are feasible tend to move forward. Uh, so that's kind of the overall criteria. It's again, this is a big process for several days. We're all in a in a room arguing and debating and looking at our favorite projects and the ones that we think um, could really deliver for people. And so we whittle down the list to 10 to 20 projects. Um, and then those we kick off um, and those we really put into, uh, you know, what we call the 10x investment process. This is something that we've modeled after the private sector. Um, and basically the idea here is that not all projects are going to work out. Uh, and this is something that any uh, venture professional will tell you, right? Invest in 10 ideas because only one of them is going to work. And don't be afraid to close the other nine of them down. Uh, so we put in, say, 20 projects into uh, this phased investment approach. And what we're really looking for are reasons to say no to projects and to uncover reasons why it might not be successful. And that's it's really that first step, right? It's not all negative. It's not all let's spend a year looking at for reasons to say no. Let's spend a year looking for reasons to say yes, but only to the projects that feel like they could deliver. So in that first bit of 10X, an idea starts with three sentences, boom, it's now a project. That first bit of the project is a two-week investigation sprint. And all we're looking to ask here is, is this a bad idea? Are there obvious red flags? Is this idea something that... Um, has been tried a million times and has for obvious reasons failed are there legal or regulatory hurdles why this cool hypothesis that you have um, are unworkable is this something that hey let's talk to five people who might be affected by this problem and if all five of them said that's not actually a problem for me then is that a reason why 10x should move forward or not uh, and so at the end of that two weeks um, the project team who we've had out doing research talking with folks learning about the problem space um, they come back to 10x and they say here's what we found um, and they make a recommendation and they say, you know what, I think we should move forward. There could be a there, there, there could be some impact to deliver. There could be a product or service that comes out of here. So let's move forward. Or they could say, you know what, we did our two weeks and it sounds like this isn't something that's going to deliver impact. This, there are reasons why this may not be successful. So let's close it down here. And every step in between these phases of, the, of a 10X project during the life cycle, we have basically have a red light and we say, stop or go. Should we move forward? And we demand that our project teams and the projects um, prove that they are continuing to be viable, that they prove that they could be adopted, to prove that they could deliver impact. Um, and if it's a yes, then we put a little more support, a little more time, a little more energy behind the projects. 
Uh, and I'm happy to go into all four phases, but basically we do this four different times throughout the life cycle of a project, usually saying no in between each phase. In fact, only about one third of projects are going to move from one phase to the next. So we're really good at um, saying no to projects. Uh, we're good at uh, finding great problem statements. And I think we're good at really validating problems, doing really great um, user research, doing prototyping, doing all kinds of testing. Um, and we really put it through this rigorous approach that we adopted from the private sector, which is only fund the ideas that are uh, most promising. And don't be afraid to say no. Yeah, I imagine you have to kill a lot of darlings in this process. But, you know, the last thing you want to do is, is chase these ideas that don't fit the criteria as best uh, they can. Exactly. Um, let's sort of end on this notion of portability and what can other agencies and other leaders, officials take from the successes of the program and specifically uh, the funding model and the process that uh, we just talked about? Sure. Um, I think there are a couple of different ways that agencies can benefit from tax. One, of course, um, encourage all federal employees at any GS level, at any agency, submit an idea to 10X. We can make really wonderful things happen. And we get um, actually quite a few inquiries from different agencies who say, you know, this 10X thing is really interesting. We're actually um, interested in spinning up something ourselves. Could you talk to us about how we might do this? And one thing that I always want to emphasize in those conversations is that 10X works for us. It works. Our, we designed our process around our funding authority. We designed our process around we're in GSA. What is GSA trying to do? We designed our process around the talent, the incredible talent that we have access to here at GSA. We have the best technologists in the federal government, and that's a reason why 10X can do the things that we do. Not every agency is going to have this. Not every agency is going to be able to do this um, exploratory um, you know, digital service innovation. Not every agency um, needs to do this, right? Um, that's one of the cool things about 10X is that we can go out and help agencies. So for agencies who are interested in this 10X thing, I would say, talk to us, but I think it actually might be a failure if agencies begin to carbon copy 10X and use our exact same approach, because it should fit within the context that you operate. Um, and I think it would be, I would be surprised, but delighted to learn that, hey, the exact 10X model that we have could really function and fit well within every agency. That would be wonderful. I'd love to see that happen. But really, I would encourage agencies to just say, you know what, the value here isn't in finding the perfect model. The value here is in innovation. And the value here is in lifting up the creativity of civil servants at every agency to say, you are on the front lines of public service. You are, you are doing the mission delivery. What problems do you see? What opportunities do you see? How is the government uh, using technology in a way that's um, not serving the public? Um, what are ways that we can try new things? That's really what I hope folks take from 10X. Um, in addition, I'll also say that everything we do is open source. Um, everything we do is designed to be um, applicable um, across agencies. Um, and so if agencies are interested in learning about some of our products, um, that's another great way. Build with us and use our stuff. Um, and I encourage folks to check out our website, um, get in touch with me, 10x.gsa.gov, 10x at gsa.gov is our email address. Um, and I would love to talk. I love talking about 10X, love to see what other agencies are doing and to talk about how we can continue fighting the good fight for innovation in government. I know we have a lot of innovators and people in government uh, interested in these kind of things in our audience. So hopefully we can make those connections here uh, via this GovCast. Will, thanks so much for being on with us. 
Hey, thanks so much, Russ. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Ross. That was a great interview with Will. Before we let our listeners go, are there any last highlights or takeaways that you want to leave them with? Again, just if they are federal employees, um, they can submit an idea uh, at GSA's 10X website, which you can Google. The deadline to submit ideas is 11.59 p.m. on November 30th. So they can just go to the website and submit ideas there. I think it is a thousand characters, so make sure to be brief. All right. You heard Ross. You have, I think, at the time of this episode's publication, one month to get your ideas submitted. Well, thank you, Ross. Listeners can tune in next week for a brand new GovCast. But until then, if you like what you heard, make sure you leave a five-star rating and review on the podcast platform of your choice and tell a friend. We always appreciate growing our audience. I'm Alexander Bolova. I'm Ross Schoenfortune. Thank you for listening. GovCast, along with HealthCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.